1: The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chance. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Melting Pot and uh, I seem to have fallen in love with Lucknow because I'm just, you know, it's just flowing I've met so many fascinating and interesting people here that I've literally, wherever I go, I've just been carrying my recorder because I never know whom I end up meeting with and, and start talking to um, So today I am in conversation its It's taken me a while to convince This gentleman, but I've managed to do it. So, and I'm sure it's going to be a very riveting conversation. Um, I'm talking to Prashant Chandra, who's uh, born and bred in Lucknow, by profession a lawyer, but by passion a food should I say not food, but um, an Abadi cuisine uh, connoisseur. And um, thank you so much, Prashant, for being a part of my show. I know that I've had to do a little bit of convincing, but now that I have you here, I'd love to hear everything that you have to share.
2: Well, actually, I think you perhaps are looking for something to do with the food part, is it?
1: Yes. Food and also, I know um, food plays a very important part in the, you know, in the culture of a place. Now I'll tell you
2: how it plays a a very important part in the culture of particularly Awadh and more particularly Lucknow. Okay. I remember as a child, my grandfather was one of the leading lawyers of this city, rather this country one can say. And uh, he used to throw parties very often. Okay. And we had this, uh, the setup in which we uh, I have been brought up was a joint family setup, almost about 50 people eating under one roof.
0: Wow.
2: So as it is, the kitchen was a very vast thing and a very important thing in my family, in my household, because somebody would not, like to eat one particular dish, the other would like to eat another particular dish. Imagine 50 people eating. Yeah. But whenever he used to host parties, he was very, very particular that the spread should be as big as possible. Mm. To this, sometimes my grandmother used to ask him, why do you do this? After <laughs> all, a person, he <laughs> eats one or two things and yeah. that is about all. Yeah. So he used to say, Ki if you call somebody, yeah. then you have to search for his palate. And he used to say, Ki as far as possible, every effort should be made that a person who is coming to you for having a meal he should not go hungry in any manner so that was the reason that he used to give us for a large spread somebody okay. might be liking chicken somebody might be liking mutton
0: yeah. how
2: would you know yeah. so that was the whole idea right and then the second thing was that the food that you serve should be palatable should be delicious yeah so unless then is that is the time we realize that unless you involve yourself yeah in, right from the very inception in cooking right you won't get a good dish prepared right you can't leave it on others right so that is how the interest was gradually generated okay and then when we when I particularly when I used to work in the kitchen watching these people who used to come and work I was very intrigued
1: so how old were you then?
2: I did eight to ten years. At that time, but it was yes, I was very young, but it was very intriguing because we were all, and in every dinner that we had at home, even the children were very involved in it because all of us used to serve the guests and everything. Right. So that was that involvement was there in the family. So basically, this interest was developed because of the family background that I had. Okay. Then gradually, I realized that these uh, professional cooks who used to be. called by my grandfather and even there, thereafter by my father, they had a tinge of professionality in it, which was more of a commercial nature.
1: Right. So it, it didn't come from within. Were, yes. Yeah, 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 so
2: yeah. so that is, if you want to control that, yeah. you really can't do it unless you have some knowledge about the cuisine and the food and everything. Right. Right. So that is how the interest which was generated yeah. developed okay. gradually. Okay. And then I started cooking myself. Okay. And a time came when most of these renowned cooks in the city, yeah. they would refuse to come and work for me. And they said, no, he will take out all the ingredients which they wanted to put in. So that is how, by trial and error... yeah. So
1: and, it was all self-learning and observing. Yes, it okay. was
2: basically by observation.
1: Yeah.
2: And somehow I had a taste. Once I used to taste something, yeah. I could, by trial and error, somehow be able to make it. Which was, which is something very difficult because these people use so many things. Yeah, yeah. It is very difficult to fathom as to what they have put in it. Right. And then when I was doing my LLM in New York University.
0: Yeah.
2: That was a time when during the weekends I was quite free. Right. There was nothing to do. Yeah. So there were certain shops which were Indian and Pakistani shops. In Jackson Heights in uh, yeah. Queens area. Queens,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: So I used to go there and they used to have all these types of spices which you don't really get anywhere else. Right. So I used to buy them because I had heard about them. I had right. seen them. Right. I had seen them being used. Yeah. And that is the time when I started doing it more of it myself. Mm-hmm. So by trial and error I could somehow get those flavors gradually. Right. And now I, I uh, people come to me for guidance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you've been doing it for so like many Like every, every five-star hotel here which opens. Yeah. And every time the chef changes here. Yeah. So they make it a point to call me to taste the food and to give him the tips.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so why did
1: you not switch your profession from law and actually... You know, set up restaurants and be involved. uh,
2: Food is basically my passion. Okay. You see. Yeah. And my profession is my family profession. My grandfather was a lawyer. My uncle was a lawyer. Right. So it has been coming down generations after generations in the family. Right. But food is a passion, you know. Right. You can't survive on food. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well you can. I mean if uh-huh, you unless But if you, you commercialise it, then you then, can then yeah. you can. And yes, that's, perhaps I guess but, not something that you want to do. Hi if
2: you that yeah. is if you convert the passion into business, business. then maybe you can. Yeah. But yeah. that was never the idea. The idea was to somehow get the other person, get the feel of the food as to what the avadi food is. Yeah. Because now you in the commercial establishments are not serving it. That is so the whole difficulty. If, so
1: now you have to tell me and my listeners, what is avadi food?
2: Well, avadi food, the basic ingredient of avadi food is that it is very soft and succulent. Okay. That is the first important thing about it. And the aroma of the spices is very, very mild. Okay. It is such that the basic taste of the particular meat that you are using, right. for instance, the fish... Or the chicken or the mutton right that is maintained right but that spice which they use the quantity is so little yeah that it is just the aroma which controls it right and for making it tender yeah. so that it melts in your mouth yeah there are certain tenderizers that we use and one well, of the main tenderizers yes. that we normally use in day-to-day co- cooking yes. is raw papaya ah,
0: yes Yes. And
2: that raw papaya is used in quantities which are very very small, and that is what is required to be monitored. You see, because okay. as to how uh, if you if you use more papaya than is required, yeah, it'll go sour. Whatever you're cooking,
0: right? Yeah, yeah.
2: So raw papaya is one of the ingredients that we use as tenderizers. Okay. And then we when we use it, yeah, then the fiber part of the mutton,
0: yeah,
2: that somehow. Vanishes.
1: With the... It can be
2: seen, but okay. the moment you put it in your mouth, it melts. Right. So that is what the beauty... So
1: how long would you tenderize? How long would you leave it? Well, that depends
2: upon dish to dish. Okay. For mutton, it takes a little longer time. Okay. Then, of course, it depends which particular uh, thing you are cooking. Right. If you're cooking a kebab... Yeah. Then maybe it takes a lesser time. Yeah. If you're cooking a roast... Yeah. Then it takes... More time, yeah. But the ultimately, the end result is that when you are eating it, yeah, then the fiber doesn't stick in the teeth. Yeah, so that like is the best part of the every cuisine. It just melts. Yes, it mouth. just melts. Yeah.
1: You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Piyal, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. So is it, I mean, so I know that there's a lot of meat involved and mainly mutton um, is what my understanding is. But what about the vegetables?
2: Well, there are two things that we primarily use to uh, come overcome the ill effects of mutton. Okay. One is, of course, vegetables, because in the day-to-day life here, we don't normally cook raw mutton. We either mix something, some vegetables, some green vegetable in it.
1: Okay. Like. and is it uh, based so the vegetables you used is based on this many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey primarily okay. so based on the season okay,
2: and the other ingredient which is used in all the red meat that we cook right. is a black cardamom which black is a big cardamom, cardamom okay. yeah. that we use it is said that it is a sort of a tenderizer not so much as a tenderizer, yeah. but more of a digestive.
1: Right. Yeah, because meat can be heavy. Yes, yeah, it can
2: yeah. be heavy. Yeah. So that helps in digestion of the meat.
1: Okay. And and the vegetables again. So what would be typical vegetables? I know it's seasonal, but say in in the winters. In the
2: winters, the leafy vegetables, okay. such as, uh, I don't know what would you call Like uh, spinach. Spinach. Okay. spinach. Yeah. Spinach mixed with mutton. Okay. It is known as sag meat. Right. That is one of the delicacies. In fact. Right. During the season. Right. Then there is I don't know what you call taroi gourd. You call.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So that with that, there are a practically every vegetable is mixed and.
1: So then you actually there cook are it along with the meat.
2: Well, there are different ways of cooking it. Depends yeah. upon how hard or how soft the vegetable is. Right, right. So sometimes yeah. it is put at the fag end, mm. sometimes it is cooked together, mm. sometimes it's put in the middle. Mm. So that both the tastes are maintained. This is what we So
1: again that is experimenting. That is and, experimenting yeah, and, and that is out, that yeah. is knowing
2: about the vegetable. Yeah, yeah. yeah also.
1: Yeah. And uh, so would you also eat a lot of meat in, in the summer? Because winters, I can understand, you know, you, I mean, it's it's fine if you do that. But summers also, meat is an important...
2: Mutton, yes, meat is a part of, you know, it's a it's a daily sort of a part of every meal, in right. fact, here right. in Abad. But one thing is there that the quantities that we consume probably are very restricted. Yeah. Yeah. that is one thing yeah it is it is had every day even whether it's summers or winters yeah winters we shift more towards the birds such as the partridge mm. the quail mm. so uh, and there are other migratory birds also which are right. often yes right. now of course it is declined yeah but yeah. otherwise initially there used to be a lot of migratory birds also so winters so we have a lot of birds mm. And most of the birds that we have, they are supposed to be warm. They keep you warm.
1: warm. Okay, yeah. The like yeah.
2: partridge and the quail particularly. Yeah. yeah so they yeah. are known to be warm birds.
1: So how did meat become such an important part of the cuisine? Is there I any history really, behind it? Or? I
2: think that uh, because of its availability mm. okay. all the year round. You yeah,
1: know. yeah, yeah.
2: And uh, the meat that we eat in Lucknow and in, in Awad, particularly, Yeah. It is goat meat and not lamb. Okay. So goat meat is, A, it is softer. Right. Secondly, it has a distinct and different flavor than what lamb has. Yeah. So it is always preferred to lamb. Hmm. And in fact, in our we don't eat lamb at all. Okay. We only eat goat.
1: Okay. And, uh, okay, so goat is the main mainstay. Yes, okay.
2: goat is the mainstay because yeah. they are now, goat is basically bred for it. Yeah. Lamb okay. to you breed for wool.
1: Yeah, right. But goat yeah. it doesn't give you any wool. Yeah. See, it's solely
2: so bred then, for this. For them, yes. And there is no season for them. So they are available 34 hours, yeah. seven days, <laughs> 365
0: all right. days, yes. yeah. Yeah. all through the year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how, that is the
1: how often, I mean, you have a very busy schedule because you're a lawyer and, you know, how often do you manage to get into your kitchen um, and actually yeah. cook?
2: Well, now I feel it's a stress buster for me. Okay. Yes, because I I do feel that. And I do uh, walk into the kitchen, say, once in a week or so. Okay. To just, you can say, get rid of the stress. Stress, right. It is, yes. uh, So
1: then what would you cook? What is a typical thing that... And how many hours would you spend in the kitchen?
2: Maybe a couple of hours at the most. Okay. Not beyond that. Yeah. But uh, sometimes I would uh, cook... Which something is something with pulao, which is a sort of a biryani. Okay.
1: Otherwise, is that I, the yakni pulao?
2: Yakni pulao, okay. yes. Yeah. That is easier to cook.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: so that is quicker. Then, of course, uh, the korma part, the mutton curry. Okay. Which is, actually, there are several types of mutton curries. Yeah. And these curries depend upon the portion which you are using and the manner in which, which you cook them.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: So some is something is known as korma, something is known as stew. Stew, correct. Yeah. you know, all, yeah, there are yeah, all variations. Different. Yeah. But yeah. ultimately it's the same thing. They're curries in yeah, different forms. Yeah. Of course the flavor and the texture is to look at is different also and to taste is also different.
1: Mm. So when you entertain, um, and you know, you probably entertain a lot, uh, do you get involved in the kitchen?
2: At times, not you always. Do. Okay. But at times, because most of the people now who do the work for me are that they, they've been trained by me, right? So they know what to do, so you don't have to really be involved every time.
1: So, when you travel, and I know you travel a lot, um, what is the typical? I mean, depending on which part of the world you are in, would you miss the food, the avadi food, when you're traveling?
2: Well, at times, yes, you do, <laughs> when there's a long. Yeah travel a long gap you know then yeah. you do miss mm. because that that taste you don't get anywhere else
0: right right. that
2: avadi cuisine
0: yeah
2: and that succulent and the tender meat yeah that is not available anywhere in the world there's much i can tell you mm. Mm. so after a little while this you do miss
1: you do start to yes. miss it and outside of avadi cuisine what would be your favorite cuisine
2: well, outside the Avadi cuisine would be something to do with the tandoor. Okay. Because, and why I'm saying tandoor is because in Avadi cuisine, we use very little spices only you for said, the aroma part, as yeah, I told you earlier. Yeah, yeah. In the tandoori dishes also, hmm. the spice part is a very small part. Rest is basically marinated with hmm. curd and with vinegar and all hmm. those things. Hmm, hmm. And when you put it in fire or flame... Yeah then that that is, one can say that a little smell, whether it is associated with curd or whether it's associated with vinegar, right. that also goes away. Mm. So you can get the taste of meat and it becomes succulent also.
0: Right, right.
2: Because they are tenderized. Yeah. So you get a feeling of tender mutton. Yeah. So tandoori items, and this is quite uh, common in practically all over the country now.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but outside...
2: In fact, in fact uh, even in uh, UK, I saw a lot of tandoori mm. chicken, mm. you know, all but these places. But is it,
1: I mean, is it the same? Or it is not the same. It's probably more uh, skewered towards the palate yes. of the country where it, yeah. That it yeah, is, yeah, that yeah, it yeah, is. But yeah. then
2: it is quite close. The tandoori it items are cl- quite close. Okay. Yes. Mm, that's interesting. Because I've, I've had tandoori items in uh, the Arab countries also. Yeah. I've had tandoori items in Britain also. Yeah. in other, in Singapore other places also yeah but they are quite close Mm. for that matter in Thailand also the tandoori item that they all the items which they cook on flame
0: yeah
2: they not might not be as tender as they are here yeah but then you get the flavor quite quite close to it Mm. That is one thing, my nice son. then you,
1: you, I guess. Then you, if you're missing your Awadhi food, then you actually head out and yes, have something. Yes, kundur. I
2: would prefer that.
1: You would prefer that. I would mm, prefer that. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So, um, so that's your passion, and um, you know, I mean, I would love to sample. I think I have sampled it. <laughs> I probably have. Yeah, probably in Singapore. I'm not sure, but I know, or even here. Some of the kebabs that we had, yes. uh, were they sort of catered or did you actually prepare them yourself?
2: Well, they are not exactly catered. Yeah. They are cooked according to my specifications
0: okay. Okay. by
2: my own men.
0: Ah, okay, okay.
2: And yeah. since in this cooking, yeah. one thing I haven't told you, which you must know, that most of the Adi cooking is done on low coal flame.
0: I see. Okay.
2: So, therefore, we avoid all this mess in the house yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. So, we have places earmarked for it, okay. which might be slightly away from the house.
0: Okay, okay.
2: So, like this kitchen that we have, Yeah. we have all this coal and wood, which mm. we use mm. to control the flame. We, the, these cooks... They are not trained to control the flame with gas ovens Mm. and electric ovens, you know. Right,
1: right, right.
2: So they do it by the flame. Okay. So under our guidance they may be doing it slightly away from the home, but they do it. That is how they do it.
1: Okay. Hmm, that's interesting. Wow. I actually want to go and have <laughs> have some Abadi food um, as soon as we end, end this conversation. So thank you so much, Prashant. Um, you know, it's been interesting and I hope my listeners have kind of got some sense of what Abadi food is all about. Um, and it's been great talking to you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Prashant is such a dynamic person, don't you agree? It was so interesting to listen to him talk about how he developed a passion for cooking and also the way he describes some of the dishes that he cooks and how it is prepared is so mouthwatering. I really learned a lot about the Abudhi cuisine after talking to Prashant and, you know, all the different flavors that the palate experiences is just something to die for. Hope you're also excited now to try some of the Abudhi cuisine, which is what Lucknow, the city of Nawabs, is famous for. Lucknow is a city that I have learned in this one week is so steeped in history. Um and it makes it so very special. I will be back with another episode of A Melting Pot. Until then, this is Bile signing off.
0: Hold up.